0: with Linda. I'm Linda Davis. Thank you for joining me today. A little bit about myself before we get started. I love Jesus. I love coffee and I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. I want to talk to you this morning about enlargement. And when God begins to speak to you, and tell you that He's going to enlarge your territory. What does that mean? What does it mean when He tells you He's bringing enlargement to you? Because we hear that often. And sometimes when God says that, whether He speaks it to us personally, whether he shows us in a dream, whether he reveals revelation through his word to us, or even a prophetic voice, or he just burns it in our heart and we begin to pray for it like Jabez did. What we tend to do is we tend to hear it like, oh, God is going to enlarge my territory and our mindset begins to be that God is going to do this thing and we are removed from all responsibility of the thing that we think God is going to do. The Bible talks about enlargement quite a bit. And if you go to... Um, let's see. Go to Deuteronomy chapter 12 because I actually already have my Bible open to Isaiah 54. I was going to focus on that scripture and it says in Isaiah 54 verse 2, "Enlarge the place of your tent, and let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. Spare not, lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes." And we've heard a lot on this verse right? Get prepared, get ready. It's going to be big. God's pulling the tent. We've even heard that God's pulling the tent cords out. God's bringing you to a bigger place. And he is because everything is sifted through his hands. And I'm going to come back around to this. But when you read Isaiah 54, verse two, you have to see your responsibility, It's actually telling you what to do. It's telling you to enlarge the place of your tent. It's telling you to let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. It's telling you to spare not. It's telling you to strengthen your cords and your stakes. And as you do that, if you go on to verse three, it then says, for you will be spread Abroad to the right hand and to the left, and your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. What an amazing promise because it's talking about your offspring. Okay, this is really good. Actually, just seeing this now as I was reading the offspring, it's telling you what your offspring is going to possess in verse three, right? Your offspring, this is the word of God, your offspring will possess the nations and make the desolate cities to be inhabited. Okay, that means increase. That's the promise it speaks to us after, after we enlarge the place of our tent, after we pull back the curtains of our habitation, After we spare not, our offspring will possess the nations. After we strengthen our cords, after we strengthen our cords, our offspring will possess the nations. After we strengthen our stakes. Okay, so after we do all those things, we receive a blessing. Our offspring receives a blessing. But interestingly if you go all the way up to the beginning of the chapter, in Isaiah 54, verse one, it says, sing, O barren one. So (laughs) can you see what I'm talking about here? Sing, O barren one, you who did not bear. You who did not bear, sing, O barren one. Yet, it down two verses later, it tells us that our offspring are gonna possess the nations. What? Like that doesn't even make sense in the natural mind. You who have not seen the promises of God is what the barren one is talking about. You who have not seen the fruit come forth from all your labor. That's who they're talking about. Rejoice in that place. Sing in your barrenness. When your offspring is not yet blessed, when your tent is not yet enlarged, when your territory has not yet been expanded, will you sing in the waiting? Will you sing in that place, O barren one, Will you sing in that place? Will you rejoice in that place? Will you allow the purpose of your fruit to be pulled out of your womb? How do you let that happen? You rejoice in the barrenness. That's pretty powerful. That's amazing to me. One who did not bear. Break forth into singing. Break forth into singing. It really reminds me of, and I'm just going to turn there real quick. It reminds me of Philippians. No, I'm sorry. Uh, First Thessalonians. Excuse me. I believe it's chapter four. It talks about giving, having a thankful heart, having a grateful heart in First Thessalonians. It's not chapter four. I'm just trying to find the scripture real fast. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, but when we come to the Lord with a thankful heart, with thanksgiving in our heart, go up just two verses, To verse 6 in chapter 4, it tells us, no, I was right. I really thought it was 1 Thessalonians, but it's Philippians 4. In everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving in our heart, with thanksgiving in our heart, put our requests before the Lord. In The Passion Translation, it says, don't be pulled in different directions or worried about a thing. So in your barrenness, sing. Be saturated in prayer throughout each day, offering your faith-filled requests before God with overflowing gratitude. Overflowing gratitude. Rejoicing in the Lord always. Actually, if you just go up a few more verses to Philippians 4, 6. Always, you know, we know these things. We know we're supposed to not be anxious for anything. We know we're supposed to rejoice in the Lord. We know we're supposed to count it all joy. Philippians 4, verse 4 in the Passion Translation says, be cheerful with joyous celebration in every season of life. Let joy overflow, for you are, anoint, you are united with the anointed one. Praise God. That's really what Isaiah 54 is talking about when it says, o sing, O barren one, you who did not bear, break forth into singing and cry out loud, you who did not travail with child. In every season, like Philippians 4.4 is saying, in every season, be cheerful overflow with joy, be exuberant in your praise, be exuberant in your gratefulness, be exuberant in your worship, in in your heart to the Lord. I'm not talking about how loud you can sing at church. I'm not talking about whether you do laps in the church or you dance down front. I'm talking about the worship of your heart. What's the worship of your heart? Is that an exuberant worship coming from us in a difficult season? Where do we stand with that? It goes on to say in Isaiah 54, verse one, cry out loud, deep calls to deep. Children of the desolate one will be more than the children of the married wife, says the Lord. Get prepared in your barrenness. Check your heart in your barrenness. Enlarge the place of your tent. And interestingly, a tent can be a covering. So make sure Your covering sees what you see in you. Make sure your covering lines up with where you're trying to go in the Lord. Make sure your covering lines up with all God has shown you. In a humble way, you know, you, you don't go, you know, pointing your finger in your pastor's face and, and straight, straightening them out, so to speak. That's not the heart I'm talking about here. I'm talking about with a heart of humility. If you know that you know that God has shown you your purpose, your destiny, your plan in your life, and your covering does not line up with that, maybe you need to enlarge your covering. Maybe you need to change tents. That's between you and the Lord. You have to put that to the Lord. Because if God's enlarging you, he's enlarging your covering too. A tent is a covering. And the interesting part about, let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out. What what do curtains do in our homes? If we can relate this scripture to us today, what do curtains do for us, right? They provide privacy, You know, more so we have blinds than we have curtains now. But when they're closed up, nobody can see in. But on the opposite side of that, we cannot see out. So when he's telling us to pull our curtains back, he's basically saying, I want you to be able to see what I see. If we can't see what is coming for us spiritually, then we can never receive what is coming for us spiritually. We have to be able to see it as God sees it. There's an importance to seeing how God sees things, right? We know we walk by faith and not by sight. So it's the faith portion of it. Our faith portion of what God has said, what God is trying to do, what God is trying to bring us cannot be blind. The curtains of our faith cannot be closed. That's really good right there. The curtains of our faith cannot be closed. We have to go by what we know God has spoken, go by what we know God has said. We have to remain in that place of seeing it how God sees it no matter what We see in the natural. Faith. Faith is the anchor that holds us down when the storm is going and we do not see what God has said. So we have to hold on in faith. That's our spiritual eyes. We have to remember what God has spoken to us. That's our hope in a season of barrenness, actually. That's what enables us to be able to sing, to be able to break forth into singing and crying out loud in travail and worship. It's hope and faith that will not be moved and God's gonna do what God said he's going to do. It's having a real faith and a real trust in God that we're not limited by the closed curtains of our natural eyes. But our spiritual eyes have pulled back those curtains and strengthened us. That's where the strength of what Isaiah 54 verse 2 is saying. That's where the strength of it comes in. Strengthen your cords, remain in faith. Remain in that place of enduring the barren season, not forsaking the word God has spoken to you, not forsaking the dream God has given to you. Seeing it through, basically, following it through not quitting, not giving up, remaining in a place of faith and hope that it's coming forth. We're just going to stretch out our tents. We're going to stretch out our curtains. And spare not. Don't hold back. Don't hold back. It's going to be big, is what this scripture says. If you spare not, if you open the curtains, looking beyond the natural eye into what the spiritual eye can see by faith, we remain in faith. We remain in hope through our singing, through our grateful hearts. We remind ourselves of what God has said. We get prepared in our barrenness. We strengthen our cords. Interestingly, talking about pulling the curtains back and seeing seeing it how God sees it, jump over to 1 John chapter three for a minute. And go down to, let me see where I want to start. Okay, I'll just start at verse one. Look with wonder at the depth of the Father's marvelous love that he has lavished on us. He has called us and made us his very own beloved children. The reason the world doesn't recognize who we are is that they didn't recognize him. Beloved, we are God's children right now. However, it is not yet apparent what we will become. But we do know that when it is finally made visible, we will be just like him, for we will see him as he truly is. We will see him as he truly is one day. So if we focus on that now, if we look into the spiritual now of what we will one day become, if we know the truth about who Christ is now, because we've looked into the spiritual of who Christ is, we have a truth by the word of God of who he is. Then we begin to see who we are as the curtains have been pulled back and we're not keeping our clothes by the natural, but we're pulling back the curtains and seeing in the spiritual. Whatever we dwell on with our eyes is what we become, what we believe, and what we believe we become. Spiritual vision (laughs) is vital to effective ministry. It's vital. Jump over to John chapter five. We have to see it as God sees it. I I pray all the time, Lord, show me. Show me. I, I want to have, I want to have eyes like you have. You know, I want to see like you see. I want to see people how you see them. I want to look through the compassionate eyes you look through them. You know, I want to love the unlovable like you love them. And in order for me to be able to do that, I have to be seeing through your vision, not my own. Because in God's eyes, nobody is unlovable. Nobody is, I'm not saying they're not in sin, but they're not unlovable. God loves everyone. Do we love everyone or do we cringe at certain people? If we do, we're not seeing them with the eyes of God. We have not pulled back the curtains. Our tents can't be enlarged. So John chapter five, verse 19. So Jesus said, I speak to you timeless truth. The son is not able to do anything from himself or through my own initiative. Because remember, this is Jesus speaking. I only do the works that I see the father doing. For the son does the same works as his father. Because the father loves his son so much, he always reveals to me everything that he is about to do. And you will all be amazed when he shows me even greater works than what you've seen so far. Powerful. He only does what he sees the father doing. We should only do in ministry, what we see the Father doing. So we have to pull back the curtains to be able to see what God's trying to show us. We have to position ourselves. And as a matter of fact, while we're talking about seeing in the curtains, let's, Jump back to Philippians for a minute. Same chapter, actually, chapter four, verse eight. So keep your thoughts continually fixed on all that is authentic and real, honorable and admirable, beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind, and fasten your thoughts on every glorious work of God, praising him always, following the example of all that we have imparted to you and the God of peace will be with you in all things. So keep your thoughts. Really, our thoughts are our spiritual vision. That's what we see with, spiritually, is in our thought life. So keep our thoughts lined up with the Word of God. Don't let your mind wander, whether it's wandering visually, or whether it's wandering in a place of frustration, whether it's wandering in a place of hurt, Uh, offense, whatever it might be. Keep your wandering mind fixed on all that is authentic and real and honorable and admirable and beautiful and respectful, pure and holy, merciful and kind. If your mind is not in one of those places, then you're not seeing what God would have you to do. You know, and this is one more really good one. I didn't really plan on focusing this much on the curtains section of this scripture, but that's where the Lord has me. So in Proverbs 29, verse 18 It says, and I'm gonna go to it in the Passion Translation just to see, I don't think I've ever read it in the Passion Translation. But the basic point of it is that my people perish for lack of vision. Lack of vision. In other words, you really can line that one up with the scripture verse that we just read. Excuse me. Um, In John chapter five about having an effective ministry and how Jesus said he only does what he sees the Father doing. And then here it says, my people perish for lack of vision because you don't see what the Father's doing. You haven't pulled your curtains back. The curtains of our faith cannot be closed. The curtains of our spiritual vision cannot be closed. It leads to a dark place. It keeps out all God's trying to bring in. It keeps us from stepping out. Proverbs 29, verse 18. When there is no clear prophetic vision, people quickly wander astray. But when you follow the revelation of the word, Heaven's bliss follows your soul. Heaven's bliss follows your soul. God is looking to enlarge us. He wants us to not have a lack of vision. He wants us to not have our vision to dwindle. Because when we can't see, we get lost in our barrenness. We get to a place of grief in our barrenness. But when we can see, even though it's a barren season and we know it, even though it's a difficult season and we know it, we can still break forth into singing. It's not just a humming. It's a breaking forth into into singing. It's rejoicing at all times. Like we read in Philippians chapter 4. It's being in pursuit at all times. It's knowing God's going to do what he said he's going to do. And us doing our portion. Will we trust him? He'll enlarge our steps, he'll enlarge the the place underneath us, and then he'll gird us up in that place so our feet don't slip. But we do the walking. He makes sure we're not gonna fall. But he wants us to be the ones to go down the path. We break forth into singing in the barren season. We prepare ourselves in the barren season. That's when the time of preparation is. That's when we get ready. That's when our hearts are turned greater to the things of the Lord. We cry out to Him. We do whatever it is to be prepared in our barrenness that He says to do. We walk in that obedience. Let the curtains of your habitation be stretched out, see more than you've seen before. Let me show you what I'm going to do. And then that that we've seen that we didn't see before, seeing as God sees, that is our hope. That is our faith. That's what keeps us strengthened while we wait for the fruitfulness of our womb to come forth. We wait for the promise of verse three in Isaiah 54. You will be spread abroad to the right hand and to the left, you will. And your offspring will possess the nations and you make the desolate cities to be inhabited. You will be redeemed in every season you've walked through in your life as you continue to sing and rejoice from the place of your heart in every season of your life.